Okay, I'm just going to ask the question from, from here. So the first question, I'm just going to go straight to the questions. Okay. And the first question is from, uh, let's see here. Let me sit over there. Okay. Okay, it is from Hari, and he says, St. John of the Cross, with his poem, The Dark Night of the Soul, reminds me of the journey that Sri Radha makes at night to meet Sri Krishna. I need to ask you if the Gaudiya Vaishnava goal of union with Krishna we can't, they can't hear you now. I can hear you talking, but I can't hear you on the screen now. <laughs> now I can hear you. Okay, sorry. This is getting complicated. Um, okay, so let me, I'll read the last sentence again. So Brajhari says, I need to ask you if the Gaudiya Vaishnava goal of union with Krishna in conjugal love is present in other religions, but experienced by devotees according to their own culture. Thank you. Um, thank you for the question. I think that... Um... What happened? I don't see anybody's picture. Anyway, you can hear me, right? Yes. I think that, um, that the experience of Krishna Leela, as we uh, speak about it, is particular to our tradition and our particular approach, even within Hinduism, if we would contain ourselves there for the moment, um, we find the idea, for example, coming out of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that, that Lakshmi of Vaikuntha could not enter the Rasa Leela, although she desired to, and the Gaudiya answer to, to that, well, why she could not, is that she did not take a particular path, the path of Rag Bhakti, which involves following in the footsteps of, of the gopis and, uh, and so forth. So it, it is very, uh, uh, specific. Um, and in a particular, uh, feature of ultimate reality, Krishna Lila, we will consider it the topmost Feature or the fullest experience, uh, the highest experience in transcendence, but uh, all the experiences in transcendence are thought to be the highest by those who have attained whatever particular destination within transcendence they have attained relative to their destiny and the, and the, uh, and the method, uh, pursued, um, um, of which there are different methods and different, different destinies. Um, that doesn't mean to say that someone in another tradition um, can't have some semblance of an experience of that. Um, but to actually enter in there, uh, if you will, I believe uh, our teaching on that is it requires a, a very specific focus and specific steps. You know, we have to be careful at the same time that the, that the specific steps that we're talking about are more than just details. Some people within Gaudiya Vaishnavism put more emphasis on esoteric details than on the principle and get lost in a Kanishtadikari notion um, that uh, Bhakti Thakur refers to as Barabahi, those who rather than being Saragrahi, essence seekers, they carry a Barabahi, they carry a heavy burden of identification with details and externals that they that they misconstrue to be principles. Um, so we're, we're we're fortunate to be connected with Bhakti Vinod, who was very deep at the same time universal in his um, understanding of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, such that if one follows him, one doesn't get caught up by those details of like, for example, what color cloth you have to wear, or exactly 
exactly how your T-lock is, is marked. And if it's marked the wrong way, you can't enter there and so forth. This <laughs> is nice ideas that you should dress in a certain way and have a certain T-lock, which identifies you with a particular group and so on and so forth. But to, um, and that may be helpful for meditation, but it can get in the way if it, it uh, becomes, uh, it, it's thought of as an, an essential uh, principle, unless you're wearing this color, you know, because, it says in Hari Bhakti Balas or something that the, the devotee should wear white and you're wearing saffron and you're not going to enter the local. I mean, that, uh, and people have, have um, argued like that foolishly. So um, um, it's very specific at the, at, at the same time, in, in essence. And we are uh, inclusive enough as Hinduism is in general and as Gaudiya Vaishnavism is as well and perhaps even more so uh, to include the, the, the reality of, of others who follow different traditions. You refer to the Christian tradition and the Catholic Catholicism within that, where there are a number of saints who have given testaments to their experience and so forth, with which we'll find a lot of common ground, hmm? um, in particular because it's a bhakti tradition, if you will, in the broadest sense of the term. Bhaktivinotaku in his universal um, perspective, if you will. For example, in one of his commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita fourth chapter, Krishna says, Sambhavami Yuge Yuge, I come again and again, right? Manifest in the world. He has commented, Bhaktivinotaku, that this doesn't refer only to in India. He, he appears in other parts of the world relative to the culture there. Hmm as the Shaktivesh, I think he gives that example, um, and teaches the people essentially uh, about Dharma from that uh, cultural perspective. And the reality then that this experience, uh, well, again, uh, according to the Bhagavatam, the faces of God are asankhya, unlimited, uncountable. Um, even within Gaudi Vaishnavism, we have a number, number of different faces of the Godhead. The face of Krishna as the uh, Radhanath, as, as Sridham Saka, as Jashoda Nandana, um, uh, and so forth, and extending, of course, further out into um, Matura, Dwarka, Vaikuntha, different faces of, of, of God within the, the, the parameters or the focus. Um, of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And so beyond that, if you will, as well. Um, and I think that uh, the saint that you mentioned, St. John of the Cross, perhaps it was, um, yeah, he speaks of a dark night of the soul. Now there is something, you know, that we can, we can, we can relate that to what does that mean to us? The dark night of the soul. I never studied Saint John of the Cross, but I, I really don't believe that what he is writing about corresponds with the, uh, the, the uh, uh, after-hours uh, rendezvous of Radha with Krishna. It's a dark night. Not always. Sometimes the moon's out, <laughs> full, and she's wearing white, therefore, and covering her body with camphor to. to and blend in with the moonlight that so she won't stand out and be seen. Um, but on the dark nights, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's, uh, appropriately, um, wearing a different color. So I don't think that he is referring to a specific, you know, moonless night in, in, in the Leela that, um, um, in which Radha is going to Secretly rendezvous with Krishna. Krishna is going to secretly rendezvous with Radha when he speaks of the dark night of the soul. That would be a stretch. Um, and again, I haven't studied it, but I'm quite sure that that's not uh, the experience that he is talking about. And if it was, it would be related, obviously, in greater detail. Why would you hold back? I think the dark night of the soul for him is more one of a... Um, a practice without taste, hmm? practice without taste, 
Taste it may take some time for taste to come. The stage of ruchi, for example, when one's practice is driven by the taste, um, rather than being driven by, well, this is the philosophy. I agree with the philosophy. It makes sense. I have had a little experience and it encourages me, but, but my taste for, for example, chanting is, is not driven by taste. Hmm? Um, and sometimes it may be tasteless. And we say that ourselves, the Bodhi of Vaishnavism, that the, just uh, as the tongue afflicted by jaundice will not appreciate the sweet taste of sugar cane. Um, but by taking sugarcane, which cures jaundice, then as the, as one is cured, the tongue will taste the natural sweetness in the sugar. Similarly, as one becomes cured, cheto darpanam arjanam, as the heart becomes cleansed, then one will taste the natural sweetness in Krishna Nam. So I, again, I haven't studied St. John the Cross, but I believe the dark eye of the soul, the phrase he uses refers more to uh, something like that, um, a deep abiding conviction in, in God and commitment that, that still awaits him to reciprocate in kind and fully show himself. Uh, it can, we say a, a love and separation longing, if you go that far, a longing, uh, for union. Uh, separation could be, that's taking it a little higher beyond uh, sadhana in bhava. The separation, we enter into union, which is the very overriding uh, characteristic of the unmanifest leela through uh, separation, which is the overriding characteristic of the manifest prakat leela in this world, where we'll enter. And so from from uh, from separation comes union. And prior to entering the Prakat Leela, of course, um, the, the, uh, the, the longing in Baba Bhakti is, um, is, a, is, is, is a kind of separation. Going further in, in Madhuri Rasa, the separation uh, first fully manifests as uh, poor Barak, right? So, yeah, you're even in the Leela, you're in love with Krishna, but they haven't been able to express it and and and, and hear him express the same and so forth. Uh, so anyway, in a broad sense, separation is the, is the, is the kind of the low tide of the ocean of Bhakti Rasa that enables us to enter, whereas in the high tide, the tidal wave of union, it's not possible to, to enter, but through separation, we enter into what it means to be embraced by Krishna. That should shatter your bones, uh, and, uh, just the thought of it cause your hairs to, to stand on end. Oh, we, we talk about it philosophically, but you have to really think about these things and, and, understand what what is the depth of that that I would be embraced by Krishna oh my god um, <laughs> so I I believe that we could you know we could do uh, draw a parallel between um, either of these two just the the early sadhaka's separation in pursuit of taste and um, or the bhava bhakta an ecstatic, let's say, saint, uh, longing for union with the object of his love. And what is the face of that love that um, St. John of the Cross is uh, meditating on and so forth? Well, uh, it, whatever it is, let's say it's, let's say it's Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the son, then it sh- he should have a corresponding experience in transcendence as well. But it would all of a sudden turn into Krishna and there's no angels, but there's Gandhar, you know, Gandharvas or something. I mean, it, it's a little, um, it would be a little shocking. So uh, again, there are many faces of, of God uh, and many departments, if you will, of, of uh, Vaikuntha. And there are also, you know, 
uh, of course, we would say they're all faces of, of, of Krishna. Um, and so it's, it's, re- it's also reasonable that if you're pursuing a particular face of God, that, um, that um, he might show himself as Krishna in a flash or something like that. I posted something about that from one uh, uh, saint recently. I forget her name. Maybe one of one of more than one Teresa's. Teresa of Avalon or something. Teresa of somewhere, um, and she had a uh, you know an, an epiphany and um, uh, taking her testimony on its face. Yeah, she had darshan of Krishna. Yeah, with the gopis, it's true. Mm-hmm. Now, whether she will enter there, you know, that's her destination, and so on and so forth. Well, you know, that's that's another thing. And what, whether maybe she took birth as a family of of devotees, in West Bengal, you know, in the, in the next uh, next lifetime, for all we know. So, um, so like there's a there's a connection. Um, that we could make, I believe, with all real transcendentalists, real mystics, real saints, and our ideas. And there's some some difference. Uh, and I think they would uh, desire that difference and, and affirm it um, as well. They would be generous enough to affirm, well, yeah, it's Krishna. He is charming. That's your your ideal. But our ideal is, a little, is has some similarities, but it's a little different. They would want us to uh, just turn it all into, uh, you know, Krishna, Krishna Leela necessarily, because again, God it has many faces. So, so, yeah, that's my answer. I hope that helps. Thank you very much. The next question is from Rasa Leela. Uh, she's not here today, I don't think, but uh, here's what she asks. She says, "Does Narada does Narada Muni have an? Uh, sorry." Does Narada Muni have an eternal place in the intimate pastimes with Sri Krishna in Vrindavan, or is he eternally the transcendental cosmic wanderer? Just as, uh, thank you for the question, just as Krishna uh, expands himself for different leelas to um, interact with different devotees and their, their love by, for example, uh, expanding as uh, Maturesh Krishna and uh, interacting with Devaki and Vasudev in Dwarka in Matura and further Dwarkesh Krishna manifesting in, in Dwarka, interacting with the devotees there. Um, it's uh, thought that similarly, as Krishna goes. Uh, or expands himself, his immediate entourage uh, goes with him. Um, So let's take, for example, Krishna in Dwarka. The principal queens in Dwarka are Rukmini and Satyabhama. According to Rupa Goswami's drama, uh, Lalita Madhava, Radharani has manifest as Satyabhama and Chandravali has manifest as Rukmini. In the, in the Vrindavan Leela, Chandravali has a, a certain very uh, secondary position and Radharani is, is um, uh, in the forefront. In Dwarka, it's reversed and Rukmini has the upper hand, if you will, in a sense, and Satyabhama is secondary. But the two, Chandravali and, and Satyabhama, are thought to be expansions of Chandravali and Radha, uh, respectively. Um, if we look at the Vrindavan Leela, we find that the amongst the coward friends of Krishna, the one that is most similar to Krishna himself in many respects, the Pitamarda, as he's called in poetic uh, language, um, uh, is, is Sridham. And, uh, it's, it's not uncommon, or it is common, I should say, for him to defeat Krishna in, in Yudavira, in a, in a play 
of uh, wrestling amongst them. And if one prevails in such matches amongst the boys, then the loser has some price to pay, typically. And the classic example is that Krishna has to carry Sridham on his shoulders. Um, uh, and so when Krishna goes to, to Dwarka, we find that he rides on the shoulders of Garuda. And Sridham Saka is thought to have expanded into the person of Garuda according to Sanatana Goswami, in Dwarka, to where the role is reversed. Now he's carrying Krishna. So these are a couple examples, and they're pertinent to your question regarding Narada Muni, because from a tattva uh, point of view, um, Narada Muni, well, Narada Muni is thought to be the, 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 the guru, the teacher of, uh, Purnamasi and Madhumangal, who come to Vrindavan together to reside there and, uh, enter into and fully participate in the Leela. Uh, but from the Baba point of view, uh, Jiva Goswami points out that uh, that uh, Narada Muni well I don't know from the Baba point of view but anyway Narada Muni is a is a Vaidhi Marg expansion of Madhu Mangal hmm? Madhu Mangal in the Leela is a student of Narada hmm? and of course we enter into his participation in the Leela after his schooling, um, him and his grandmother, Purnamasi, um, uh, but um, he is the uh, Narada, sometimes called the farcical Brahman, because he's a, he's a Brahman and a sage, but he's you know has, he's kind of peculiar in, in in a number of ways, and um, he's a, a little bit. Um, Lighthearted and a little bit of a prankster too, going to Krishna and telling Krishna, this, this is what's happening. Kamsa is doing this. And so to, to make, to push the leela along and, and so on and so forth. Um, so the, 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 the particle Brahman of, uh, the Vrindavan leela is Madhu Mangal. Hmm? He's the student of Narada, but, but from a, if we draw back, that's the Leela perspective, I should say. But you draw back to the Tatra perspective, then Nard is an expansion of Madhu Mangal for Leelas in Mathura and Dwarka. He may come to Vrindavan sometimes too, and Madhu Mangal is also there. <laughs> um, but those are uh, shorter, uh, you know, short visit, something like that. He's more of a, as you say, a transcendental uh, uh, astronaut or spaceman, right? Uh, traveling, teaching Narada Muni, Bhajai, Veena, Radhika Ramana, glorifying, broadcasting the glories of, of, uh, of Krishna Nam. Um, so, uh, he is most fully present and participating in the Brajalila in Vrindavan as Madhu Mangal, who's a farce of a Brahman. Hmm? And, uh, he is constantly asserting his Brahmanhood and his Adhikar and, um, uh, and insisting that he should be treated accordingly, which everyone, uh, especially amongst his friends makes uh, a joke out of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as an aside, this is also an example of how the Leela, um, looks at a, a misunderstanding of Varnashram when unqualified Brahmins are, uh, um, claiming, uh, religious authority, um, 
that's another point, but, <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so, so Nard is there as, as, as Madhu Mangal. Madhu Mangal, Nard, Nard appears in Gorlila as Srivastakur. So some have reasons that, that, uh, Madhu Mangal is present, uh, in, in Gorlila as Srivastakur. Some persons have posited that he's one of Madhu Mangal, one of the Narma, the Dwarasa Gopals. They identify him with him with uh, with Kolabecha Sridhar, who was a Brahmin in Gorlila. But uh, I differ with that because uh, Madhu Mangal is not a Gopal. He's a Brahmin, although he goes out with the Gopals and he does every you know herds with them and so forth. In many respects, he always distinguishes himself from them in their midst hmm, as a Brahmin, right? Um, uh, so. Um, it would be more appropriate to identifying him with with uh, with Srivastakur, who showed Madhu Mangal Bhav hmm, in the Madhi Leela hmm, um, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Srivastakur to debate with uh, with Srubdhamadar Srubdhamadar being uh, let's say Lalita Saki from the Vrindavan side and Narada from Vaikuntha, Vaidimarg, which is superior. And they had a, a beautiful debate and Sarupdamadar won as to the, the wealth of Vrindavan being superior to that of, of Vaikuntha, that wealth being its frame. And the intimacy that affords one with Bhagwan. And when Srivast Thakur was defeated in the role of Narada, what did he do? He praised, uh, Swarup Damodar and put his hand underneath his armpit and started making a noise like this. And he exhibited the Anubhavs of Madhu Mangal, from an example. Uh, and there are other examples of Shivastakur, uh, also expressing some uh, affinity for Sakyabhava. So we look at him in this way. Shivastakur is the Narada Muni and has the Narada Muni. He must be the Madhupangal of Gorlila, who has made his courtyard hmm, a, uh, a, a facility for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Rasa Sankirtan, mm-hmm. which is appropriate for a, a service as the pre of the Priyanarma Saka to assist Krishna as his friend uh, and to assist Radha as her servant in their um, um, romantic uh, romantic life. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a little astray from the question, but. Uh, um, Yes, we, 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 we feel that Nara is fully present in the Brajalila as Madhu Mongol. And he may have come there in the form of Nara sometimes too for a brief, brief, brief visit. It's said that he came with, at Radha's, in sort of the oral tradition at the time of Radha's birth, right? Because she couldn't speak, um, couldn't open her eyes, I think, the story goes. And Nard happened to appear on the scene and uh, told, well, bring bring your Soda's son here. That'll solve the problem. And when Soda's son, Krishna came, then Radharani opened her eyes. And the story that is that her eyes are meant only for only for Krishna. So Nardamuni Kijai. Madhumangal Kijai. So Omkar is a Kijai. Omkar has a follow-up question to the first question about the dark night of the soul. Okay. Pranam Gurmarash. Jay, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was just um, wondering the last part of what you spoke about the, the vision of St. Teresa of Avila, I believe it was. So she she had a darshan of, of Krishna and, and the gopis you mentioned. And uh, recently I had a devotee talking to me about she having 
attained Madhuri above Madhuri Ras. And, um, so I kind of took it that you meant also that, but now you mentioned that she had a, had a darshan of, and this kind of opened up an interesting sort of thought in my mind that, that is it possible? Uh, and if not, uh, what, what Shastric reference could we go for? Um, of, of one outside of our, our Gaudiya, um, um, tradition entering such a bhav without, without the mercy of a sadhu. Um, that makes well, sense. Well, I think I, I think I pretty much addressed this in the first question, but, um, first of all, I, I, I don't think that someone like, uh, Teresa, either of the Teresas or such saints are without the blessing of sadhus. Um, they have sadhus in their own tradition. Um, they have a life of sadhana, prayer and practice and so on and so forth. They're not connected with Gaudiya saints per se, but they may have a darshan of Krishna can show himself to whomever he wants. Mm-hmm. But because you have darshan of Krishna mystically, it doesn't mean necessarily that you will enter into his leela and become a gopi and attain Madhuri Rasa. That's not, those two don't correspond. Mm-hmm. He may show himself to whomever and to whatever extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't really say definitively what is the attainment of, of, of Teresa because we don't really know much about her, um, really. Um, but we do know that she's in a Catholic tradition and she's pursuing a particular ideal within Catholicism. Um, a lot of the uh, um, female mystics within Catholicism had this uh, idea of being the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting story in that connection that it, it goes like this. In Poland at some point, after uh, Poland was liberated from the Soviet uh, oppression, the Catholic uh, Church had a prominent influence, and I guess it still does, and it became an oppressor of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in Poland. Mm-hmm. And um, the Catholics tried to uh, uh, make uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism or the Hare Krishnas, uh, illegal, an illegal cult. And it was a court case. And one of my godbrothers was representing the devotees there. He was not a member of ISKCON. It was a sector of devotees that um, um, under the guidance of uh, a godbrother of mine named uh, Siddhasarup. Uh, Maharaj, but uh, this, uh, this, 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 uh, other devotee, also a disciple of Prophet, was Siddhartha. Anyway, he was in the court. And so, um, when the Catholic side made the point that this Krishna, that they call God, has 16,108 wives, you know, what kind of God is this? Um, what would we think of a person that had 16,108 wives? Obviously, he's a playboy and a joyer. You know, what kind of example of God is this? And we're supposed to allow this idea of God to be out and about in our streets and that people be encouraged to enter into this and so forth. And in the rebuttal, the devotees asked, put a nun on the stand and asked her what her ring. To, are you celibate? She said, yes, yes. You're not married. No. What's that ring on your ring finger? Hmm? The third, you know, this finger of the left hand. Um, And she said, well, that's my ring in marriage with Jesus. Hmm? And he said, do all the nuns in your convent wear that ring? She said, yes. And and how many nuns are in your particular uh, tradition? She said, oh, there's thousands and thousands of them. He said, I rest my case. <laughs> you got, Krishna only had 16,108 queens. You got millions of them. Hmm? Uh, what did the Jesus? And then we won the case. Hmm? And Krishna consciousness is alive. Uh, Krishna consciousness is alive and well in, in Poland. Uh, um, so there is an idea like this within Catholicism, but it, it Look carefully at it. We see it, it seems to be relative to the nuns. The priests don't have an idea of becoming the wife of Bhagwan. And of course, it's, it's, it's a married relationship. It has nothing to do with parakia, has to do with swakia in our terms, a married leela. And 
Bhaktisiddhanta addressed this also because he was uh, questioned about it uh, from scholars or maybe priests from the West. And he said, the difference is that Christ in your tradition, from our perspective, is the guru, as the son of God, not God. So you might want to be wedded to the guru, but, 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 uh, wedded to God, you know, that's another thing. Uh, so he, he, he differentiated in, in that way. So there may be some similarities, but again, there's, uh, we're talking about in Godi Vaishnavism and Ragmar, Madhurya Ras. It's a very specific thing. That doesn't mean it makes it, it mean it's narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, specificity, the, the level and the degree and the nature of the specificity, specificity will determine the, 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 the love mm-hmm. and how, how one responds and so forth. So again, there are different departments in, in the spiritual world, different faces of God. Um, there, there's no need to merge them all together because there are similarities, but to appreciate the similarities is, is, uh, is good and try to look at them from, we should look at them from that tradition's perspective rather than try to just fit that all into our perspective. They have their own idea. The, the nuns who put on the ring to become the wife of Jesus, you know, it's, it's kind of a metaphor as far, as far as I understand it. They, they don't think that there's some Leela where they're going to be married to Jesus who was uh he was unmarried right jesus wasn't married with him no he had a parakeet with that mary of magdala or something. <laughs> we don't know uh so you know there 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 are differences what else <laughs> i i had a short follow-up so is it possible though that that terry's of a something uh, can you hear me, Gopranj? Yeah. So is it possible that she actually was a Gaudiya Vaishnava in her previous life and she just had this flash of like an old samskar in her meditation? I would think the reverse would be more likely that um, that uh, due to her sincerity and so forth and the nature in a broad sense of her appeal hmm, that uh, she got reciprocation from the other side, from another department. Mm-hmm. Because the way you're appealing doesn't apply to this department here. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that to that particular face of God. So the face of God to which it applies manifest mm-hmm. and gave her deep some scars for that, which would be then followed up in the next life, born as a Gaudiya Vaishnava mystic mm-hmm. in the next life. That that seems more uh, logical. Uh, reasonable to me. Okay, the next question is from Ananta Govinda. He's also not here today, but he this is from last week. And I'll read the slow because uh, of the Spanish translation, so bear with me. In the Bhakti okay. Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami lists 12 rasas, direct and indirect, both direct and indirect, and he indicates that Lord Nishinga is a representation of Vatsalya Ras. My understanding is that Vatsalya experienced by a devotee uh, is that devotee is in the mood of a parent. But can the Lord also express parental attitude towards a devotee, where the you know the devotee is like the child? Would that be a direct or indirect rasa? Thank you. Thank you for your question. First of all, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, um, there are, there is a list of manifestations of the Godhead that are thought to preside over different rasas. Mm-hmm. Now, in positing this, Rupa Goswami has taken from the classical uh, aesthetic um, writings of previous aestheticians, authors, Bardamuni, Vishwanath, and Sahitya Tarpana, not Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur. You have to remember, Rupa Goswami is drawn heavily from that uh, poetic uh, aesthetic tradition to 
develop what I've called a Vedanta of aesthetics, a very different way of explaining the conclusions of Vedanta uh, than, uh, for example, what Ramanuja has done or what Madhvacharya has done and so forth. Um, so in some places you will find that he's just taken from there and, you know, uh, and um, uh, added that to his tradition. So to his explanation of Bhakti Rasa, which is, you know, different um, um, and otherworldly. Uh, otherwise, uh, his conception of Rasa, you know, as I say, is otherworldly. It's, it's, it's different. It's not generated out of poetry, but it's generated through Sato Sangha. But at any rate, this is one example. So when it comes to the different Rasas, he has listed the deities that preside over the different Rasas, and he's just taken that from, from Bharat or somebody earlier. And so Balaram presides over Hasya, Krishna's presiding over Madhurya, uh, Ramana Dev is presiding over Sakya. There's a slight connection here. Ramana Dev was the the, the friend of uh, Indra, so to speak, right, uh, of sorts. The brother, the brother of Indra. Mm-hmm. The brother means means friends and so forth. Um, um, Nishringadev, Patsalya, uh, why they thought of that, uh, probably because uh, it, the way he treated uh, Prahlad, right, affectionately and so forth. Uh, now that that's as seriously as we should take all of those deities that preside over the different rasas, as mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't think that Narsingadev is the object of Vatsalya Rasa. Prahlad did not have a Vatsalya relationship with uh, with, with, with with Bhagwan. Mm-hmm. His deity was actually Krishna. Govinda, who manifested as this extraordinary, not never seen before, form as the Shingadev to deal with the circumstances uh, that his devotee was confronted with, right? At the same time, never seen before, he's eternal, right? So, we have to try to put those two things together. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, there's like a broad sense, I guess, that Bard or whomever was 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 drawing on to posit the, the, this idea. Now, regarding to the second part of your regarding the second part of your question, um, typically we look at Vatsalya Rasa, where Krishna is the son and the mother, the father, the nurse, the elders, and so forth are the devotees. Krishna is the object of love for parental love. So you have the parent, who's the who's the personification or the embodiment of the love, and Krishna as the child, who's the object of love. So you're asking, is there any situation where there's a reverse of that, where Krishna or God becomes the father, and the child becomes the son, and that's another form of vatsalya, as I, if I understand your question correctly. And the answer to that is, there is a situation in which Krishna himself, for example, becomes the father and his sons become devotees. We find it in Dwarka. He said to have had many sons there with his many queens. But this is not an example of Vatsalya Rasa. This is a particular form of Dasya Rasa. Hmm? Hmm. Um, maybe Gaurava Dasya, where there's respect also, um, uh, uh, there's there like half a dozen or so or more different types of Dasarasa articulated by Rupa Goswami in uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in a chapter dealing with Dasarasa. So this is one form of that. Uh, I think Gaurava means, I think it may be Gaurava Dasya Bhakti. Uh, I can't remember, but, uh, but anyway. Uh, the sons of Krishna in Dwarka, they're his sons, he's their father, they have a relationship with him in a particular type of Dasya Bhakti. It's not Vatsalya. Thank you. And then there's a question from Sadhvi and Gurmach, can you 
pause a little bit after the question so that Sean can translate it. Yes. And was Guru Maharaj. So my question was about, um, I wondered how exactly uh, the deities uh, presiding over Sambanda, Bideya and Prayojan, like uh, Govindaji, uh, Gopinathaji and uh, Madan Mohan, uh, why, how they are directly connected? Because the Goswamis were worshipping these deities and the knowledge of this came to them through these deities or how exactly they preside over this respectful, like, departments of knowledge? Well, I'll say a few things about that. Um, um, sometimes it's thought that if we look at the body of teachings coming from Sanatana Goswami, there's an emphasis on Sambandagyan. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we look at the teachings of Rupa Goswami, he, you know, he has many books, but you know, probably the most important and prominent books are Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu and Udva Nilmani, the latter being the sequel to the former uh, and dealing exclusively with Madhurya Rasa, which he elaborates upon. And he has a very short chapter on that uh, comparatively in, in Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu. Um, so these are all about Abhideya the way, the path. And Raghunathas Goswami, who we identify with as the Prayojan Tattva Acharya, his books um, like uh, Vilap Kusamanjali and uh, others, they they deal with uh, largely with the Prayojan. And there's some emphasis on the particular, particularly uh, on Manjari Bhav and He's entering into the experience and coming out and writing about it poetically and, and so forth. So amongst these three acharyas, we have an emphasis in their in terms of their contribution, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. So now they, um, Arupa Goswami's deity was uh, uh, Radha Govinda. He, he found the Radha Govinda deity. I believe there was a cow every day that was going and letting down milk in a certain place. And so he went and just dug it and found Radha Govinda there, as I understand. A large temple was built and, and, and so forth. Um, and Madha Mohan, the history of Madha Mohan is, uh, goes back to the Dwaita Charya, and uh, there's a number of stories connected with that. Um, and um, and and Sanatana Goswami's place of Bhajan, that's, that's where uh, the, the Madha Mohan temple is built. Krishna appeared to him there and so on and so forth. So, so practically speaking, as Nathan Goswami is connected with modern, modern Mohan and, uh, Goswami is connected with Gobindaji. The case of Raghunathas Goswami is, is a little different, um, because, um, he did not have, uh, Radha Gopinath as his deity with Radha Gopinath temple. He worshiped the, uh, the um, the uh, Govardhan Shila given to him by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Marupandit was uh, the uh, sadhu who was is an archbishop most connected with Radha Gopinath. But um, that said, now looking at the three deities, it said that these three deities were originally um, manifested through the um, direction of one of Krishna's grandsons, uh, Rajanath. And at least the story goes that when the first deity was manifest, the admirers, the sadhus, the devotees felt that he was perfect up to the waist. So he tried again. The second deity was perfect from the waist up to the chin. And the third deity was perfect all the way up, including the face. So the legs, Correspond with Samandagyan. And there's a pranam for Madan Mohan. I think it's written by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. He has asserted these are the three deities of Vrindavan. This idea is coming from, from, did I say 
Krishna das, Krishna das, Chaitanya Charitamrita. These ideas coming from from Krishna's Kaviraj. He posits these three deities. He gives uh, verses glorifying them. Jayatam Sudatopango, Mamamunda Matergati, Matsarvas Papadam, Radha Madamohan. So he's saying, I, 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 glories to Radha Madamohan. I am lame and ill advised. So I'm affected by by karma and jnan. Lame refers to action. Ill-advised refers to, 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 to thought. So I'm, I'm afflicted by, by karma and, and jnan. And I want connection with you to overcome that. And so this is a verse that we can draw you know, some bandhagyan from. You go to Rupa his verse, Glorifying uh, Radha Govinda, he says, Divyad Brindaranya. What's it? Divyad Brindaranya Kalpadruma. 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 Shimad Radha Govinda. Prastalivi Sebiamano Smarami. So he says, I offer my respect to Radha Govinda, seated on a throne. Surrounded by kalpa viksha trees and so forth, and he says, "Sevyamano uh, uh, smarami, I smarami, I meditate on them and the the sevyamano, the special kind of service that is being rendered by the devotees to them." This is this is the ragmarg type of service. So this is this verse is about. Abhideya, the means. And then, uh, then the Gopinath verse, uh, Sriman Rasa Rasarabhi, Bamsi Bhattatatastita, Karshan Venus Venergopir, Gopinath Shvesna. It's about, a, a, you know, um, attaining Gopinath, right? Um, you know, they're, they're very much, um, um, Madhurya Rasa perspective verses, um, but um, they they correspond with the three deities, and so we see the three deities as presiding over these three um, aspects: Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. Does that help? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's it for the questions today. Thank you so much for the answers. And I guess we'll continue okay. next week. Okay, very nice to be with all of you. Hare Krishna. Jai Gaur. Hey, Jai Ram. Jai Krishna. Jai Radhe.